You are listening to Pandora's Box Radio with Kalia LaRoche. For more information about my products and services, counseling, coaching, hypnotherapy, books, and audios, please visit NarcissismFree.com or PathBackToSelf.com. Hello and welcome to Pandora's Box. This is Kalia. And the topic of our podcast today is Stop Fighting Against Reality. Reality is what it is. And the more we fight against it, the more we spend our precious life force energy fighting rather than being in love. We may not like what shows up. We may not like the toxic relationship, the painful endings, the losses, the illnesses, and everything that shows up in our lives, but we can't change what is. We don't really have the power to change others. We can't change the behavior of others. We can't change how they see things or what they believe. We can't heal personality disorders, addictions, and mental illness. We can't love someone so much that they heal or change their own patterns of self-loathing. We can't go back and remake that bad decision. We can wish all we want that things would have turned out differently, but that doesn't change the reality of how things are. We can't go back and recapture a time where we believed that narcissistic person loved us when they looked upon us with love, adoration, and admiration. We can't go back and rewrite our history to where we had a happy childhood and grew up with a strong sense of self-love, self-worth, and confidence. One thing I hear over and over again from clients, and I've done this myself, is to go into wishing that things could have been different. Wishing the narcissist wasn't a narcissist, or that the love was genuine, or that we could have stood up for ourselves more, or that we should have left earlier or first or whatever it was that you are wishing. The other thing we often do is question and doubt ourselves. Maybe if I was good enough and had done things better or right or perfectly, he or she would still be here or love me more or whatever. The reality we all must face is that it is what it is. We can't change it. We can't change reality. And it does us no good to wish that things were different than they are. The only place for us to put our focus that is going to bring about a more positive result is to realize there's one person you can change in all of this, and that is you. You can change how you view the situation. You can change the story you've been telling yourself around it. 
you can change how much energy you spend in the past wishing for another outcome. You can change how much self-doubt or self-worth you have. You can change your amount of self-love. You can change your toxic relationship patterns. You can change what or who you attract into your life in the future. You can change where you live, who you hang out with, what work you do, and how you view the world. These things are within your power because they have to do with you. I was just listening to a podcast by Michael Singer, the author of The Untethered Soul, who talked about how everything or circumstance we seek outside of ourselves is to calm our inner selves, to calm our mind, even if just for a moment. Like when someone tells us how much they love us, we have a moment of feeling a sense of peace in our mind. When we finally get that relationship we say we want, we feel a moment of peace in our minds. But then our mind starts going to how we're going to hold on to it. We get that great job and feel a moment of peace but then go into fear about how we need to now prove ourselves and continue to be worthy of the job title and salary. We might be told that we're beautiful or youthful or attractive and it feels good in the moment where our mind feels calm, but then we worry about what it would mean if we lost that or if someone else didn't see us in that way. A person may dream of being a New York Times bestselling author, and then when they make it to the top, the focus changes to how long can they remain in that top position. There's never really a point of achievement where one stops focusing on what is next. Our minds are constantly busy with analysis of ourselves, our work, our relationships, our appearance, our possessions, and our security. To the point where we're always lost in the busyness of our minds and never truly satisfied in our lives. We're always looking for the next thing or fearing losing what we have. We haven't learned how to tame the wild beast of our mind and not only accept reality as it is, but learn to really embrace what we've been given rather than fighting against it or really embrace the circumstances that we find ourselves in, at the very least, accept it, rather than fighting against it. We could have a rainy day and wish the sun would be shining, when what we really need to be doing in order to have a more peaceful and joyful life is to embrace the rain and spend our day doing rainy day kinds of things. When that toxic relationship finally ends, we could see the blessing in the ending and 
know that this is really a divine intervention, clearing out the old to make room for the new. But instead, we spend our energy obsessing and ruminating over the past and how that person wasn't who he or she should have been or who you needed that person to be or who you wished that person could be. We don't know what someone else should or shouldn't be. Maybe their role in our lives is to turn our world upside down so we shake loose all the old structures that have kept us stuck in repeating patterns. We have ideas about happiness in our society that are really based on falsities. We believe money, prestige, possessions, relationships, being famous or rich or sought after or admired or respected will bring us the happiness we seek. When we gain the money we sought after, we either raise the bar and now want more, or we fear losing what we've gained or both. If we finally get that big house we've sought after, we may fear that we can't pay the mortgage or afford to make all the necessary repairs. If we get that ideal relationship we've been dreaming of, we may start to worry that we will not be able to sustain it or that it won't make us happy for long. At any given time, we're either in love or fear. Most of us fear we can't get what we want or that we will lose what we've achieved. So how much time is really spent in love? And I'm not asking about in love with another person who gives to us everything we've dreamed of. I'm talking about in the vibration of love and trust. In the vibration of positive expectancy. In the vibration of gratitude for what we have right now. We can learn to say I'm grateful for the end of my relationship because I was unhappy with how I was being treated. Now I have the opportunity to be peaceful with myself and maybe even bring in a much more loving relationship. We can learn to say I'm grateful for the loss of my job because I was no longer fulfilled in it and always wished I was somewhere else. We can even say I'm grateful for this illness as it's caused me to slow down and really learn to take care of myself. Our minds are constantly busy with wanting, achieving, grieving, judging, condemning, finding fault with, planning, dreaming, dwelling on the past, etc. But we're seldom ever really here, now. We're always somewhere else wishing things could be different or trying to get things to be the way we want them to be. Even on the personal and spiritual growth path, we're always working to achieve something or be somewhere other than where we are. We may seek after spiritual enlightenment, believing this holds the key to our peace of mind, when really it's our peace of mind that leads to our enlightenment. 
We have to learn to be at peace with what is instead of believing that if only things were different, then we can be happy or then we can be at peace. I've been in enough relationships to know they're all happy in the beginning. Otherwise, I wouldn't have entered them. They're always loving and blissful on the onset. But once we both decide this is a thing, and we put it in a box called my relationship, the expectations come in on what we want that relationship to do for us. This is the onset of the unhappiness and the eventual demise of the relationship, because the only true relationship we will ever have that we can depend on is the one we have with ourselves. We can't expect anyone else to do for us what we're unable to do for ourselves. We can't expect someone else to build our confidence, to make us feel lovable, make us feel valued, bring an end to our boredom, heal our core wounds, give us a sense of purpose, fulfill our dreams, and ultimately make us happy. The moment we assign our relationships the power to fulfill what is unfulfilled within us, we begin an unhappy codependent relationship. We begin a power struggle trying to get the other to do something for us that we can't do for ourselves. Whenever we seek outside of ourselves for our happiness, we give our power away to that thing we seek. Even when we get what we thought we wanted, its ability to make us happy dwindles quickly and we're on to the next thing. Narcissistic relationships are a perfect example. A narcissist believes his new relationship will make him happy and when it doesn't, he discards the old relationship and enters a new one. Transferring that need for this new relationship to make him happy. The narcissist will blame the relationship partner for her failure to meet all of his needs and will devalue her for her failure. He will then assign the fantasy of ideal love to the next partner and the cycle will repeat itself. But the narcissist isn't the only one who does this. We all have made the mistake of believing a relationship partner or fantasy partner will fulfill us and make us happy. And when this doesn't happen, we're deeply disappointed. We assign so much power to our relationship often before we even meet the person that we're looking for. We're looking outside of ourselves for someone to fulfill us, to end our loneliness, to make us feel loved and valued. But if we haven't truly learned to love ourselves and value ourselves and face our own loneliness and emptiness, we surely won't find it in anyone else. We may get a temporary boost of confidence from a relationship partner, but it will not last because we can't assign that role to the other. 
We have to boost our own confidence from within ourselves. If we're insecure, we can't look to another person to make us feel secure in ourselves. We have to do this ourselves. If we're deeply wounded, we can't look to another to heal our wounds. We have to do this ourselves with therapy or guidance. So if we find ourselves alone and hurting, we need to embrace the aloneness and the pain as a doorway to our greater healing. This is not the time to go out and find someone else to fill the empty place in our lives. It's time to learn to fill that empty place with our own essence, with divine love, with self-love and acceptance. We can fight against reality and say, I wish he had treated me better or hadn't cheated on me or hadn't dumped me and run off with someone else. But fighting against reality keeps us locked in struggle. We're always fighting. And when we're always fighting, we're never at peace. What is going to bring us peace is to let go of our resistance to what is and allow it to be what it is. Look for the gifts in the adversity and see that there is something to be grateful for right now, even if it is that we are still breathing. I know some of you don't feel gratitude for the fact that you're still breathing. I work with a lot of people who say they don't want to be here anymore, and I felt this way too. If you have suicidal ideation, it is the absolute most important time to find a purpose for living. Your purpose for being here isn't for your relationship or your children or your job or career or for anyone else. Your purpose for being here is to find out who you are and then be that. Don't try and be someone or something that you're not. Try being who you are and what you are and love that. It doesn't mean you don't work to feel more worthy or confident or secure in your life. But you do this by accepting where you are now and loving yourself where you are. Not telling yourself that when you accomplish this or achieve that, then you will love yourself or then you will be happy. You have the power to love yourself right now exactly where you are. You don't have to change a thing. It doesn't matter how much guilt or shame or pain you feel. You still have everything you need right now to love and accept yourself. Define what the struggle is in your life right now and see what you need to do to release the struggle without really changing your circumstances. You might say, my heart is broken and I don't like how this feels, but I'm worthy and I can love myself in my heartbreak. You can say, I lost my job and I have no money, but I love myself and I know that I'm worthy even without this job. You can say, I got sick and I 
can't work or take care of myself very well. And I love myself and know that I'm worthy anyway. We don't have to achieve a certain place in order to be worthy of love. We just are. What we do need to do is recognize this. Recognize that we don't have to change our outer circumstances in order to feel love on the inside. It is there waiting for us to embrace it now. Byron Katie, the author of the book Loving What Is, tells us that she's a lover of reality. Now, it might be a stretch for us to feel that we are a lover of reality, but we do need to be acceptors of reality. We need to accept what is and stop fighting against it in our efforts to make it something else. The mere process of accepting what is will help us to transform it into something else. We have to learn to accept that our ex might be a narcissist or that we have a pattern of toxic relationships, that things didn't work out the way we wanted them to. We have to learn to accept that we are good enough as we are, that we don't have to earn love or worthiness or attention. When we can accept reality as it is and maybe even see the value or benefit of it, we can learn to embrace change and step into the reality that wants to unfold in our life. We can't always know what life has in store for us, but we can embrace change and allow life to unfold in its most divine plan. And so as you move forward in your life, ask yourself the question, what is it that I'm resisting? What is it that I can't accept right now? And work to change that, work to release that resistance. Work to accept the things you cannot change. So we go back to the serenity prayer. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Thank you for listening today. And if you'd like more information on my counseling, coaching, hypnotherapy, and audios, books, information, please go to my website at NarcissismFree.com. Have a great day, and we'll see you in the next podcast.